right. <laughs> Coming text messages. Somebody sent a text message through because we were talking about uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about last day stuff. Ah, oh, we were talking about your story mm. about the shepherd who saved a whole bunch of people's lives mm. in his cave. Yes. Had this random cave and he'd stocked it with a bit of food and supplies for a rainy day. And when an ice storm hit, he was able to save a bunch of runners. And somebody said that the Sabbath is like a cave of refuge. Amen. Particularly in the last days. It's a mm. quiet place where you can go and you can find refuge. You, it's a cave of refuge right now. Yeah, oh, 100%. Because mm. if you if you feel like you're caught in an ice storm right now in this world, you know, figuratively, spiritually speaking, the Sabbath is a cave of refuge. Go there right now. There is, yeah, well, we're going to talk about this, you know, the Sabbath. Thing. We've been yeah. doing about it all week. Yeah. Um, but I just cannot emphasize enough. There is just literally millions of testimonies of people who decided to forego that one day a week um, that they could potentially use to get everything done. You know, their life is a rush and it's busy and whatnot. They forego that one day a week and, you know, God just supplements all their needs. It's really epic. Anyways. Okay, another question here on QAnon. Mm -hmm. And their claim that the world is run by a cabal of pedophiles. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to share my opinion on this. I, I don't believe the world is run by a cabal of, pe- of pedophiles. Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Nobody knows this stuff. Yeah. This is this is why it is a conspiracy theory. I would rather phrase it that there are a lot, a lot of pedophiles at the top. Mm-hmm. Or there are at least there are pedophiles statistically, at the top. Statistically, we would know that there are a lot, mm. you know? It's just when, yeah. when you look at the research that is out there and the research that is available. Um, is QAnon really saying that the book of Revelation has predicted the antediluvian world was destroyed because of it? So speaking about uh, pedophilia, Sodom and Gomorrah also were evil continually. The angels couldn't even find ten righteous people. There will be spiritual and physical revolution in these last days. We're told evil principalities in high places rule the world. Looks like they're pretty close to the mark. I'm glad Jesus is coming to save us. Mm. There is no other way and no other place to run to. Mm. So I think that's actually a really good uh, comment. The Bible just plainly says there's going to be a lot of evil in high places. Are they all linked together? Do they all have a common cause? Um, in some areas, yes, but do they all have a common cause to abuse children or is it just something that you know takes place amongst powerful people? Mm. Well, sadly, we know that positions of power create opportunity and if we understand anything about history and if we understand anything about the research that we have in our world right now, yeah, it's pretty heavy stuff. It's mm. pretty heavy stuff. But essentially, like, I, I, I really like the point that the person's making is, you know, run to Jesus because exactly. that's all we can go to. And, and we can, we could spend a lifetime and people truly do just speaking about all these, uh, you know, different conspiracies and different thoughts and ideas as to, you know, what's going on in our world. But the reality is, is that the Bible doesn't need to, because the Bible doesn't stipulate like, oh yeah, this is exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be this person doing this exact thing in this way. Like it doesn't, but it doesn't need to, it doesn't call us to focus on that. Uh, it says, oh yeah, as you said, there will be evil in high places. Yes. The only, the only saving grace that you have is Jesus. That's right. Live, live that life. Absolutely. Live that life, focusing on him rather than those things. Anyways. All right. Bible study time. Yeah, let's go, dude. And our whole Bible study today is kind of on one word. Mm-hmm. Oh, then, let me guess what it is. What? Remember. Uh, probably because you looked ahead. No, I didn't look ahead. I just, I just, I just know. 
Yeah, you look good. <laughs> like you do with the quiz. Oh, come on, Lyle. Yes, yeah. Like you do with she the quiz. She gave us extra clues. She gave... You have them in front of you. I don't. I, you still got told the clues and you don't know what it is. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8. The Bible says... Mm, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah, the why, Sabbath. Why, why are you turning pages right now? <laughs> remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Okay. The Bible uses the word remember here. Mm. And so we've got to stop and we're going to, we're, we're going to stop and think about this word remember. Because mm. the word remember can actually serve a number of different functions. Uh, the first is that implies looking backwards. And this is really interesting when you compare the Seventh-day Sabbath with the other Sabbaths that are spoken of in the Bible. The Sabbath is the only one that looks backwards. Mm. All of the other Sabbaths look forwards. Yes. And so the word remember uh, implies that you are looking backwards. Mm. And if you continue on in the context of Revelation 20, in the context of the fourth commandment, what are you looking backwards to? Creation. Creation. Is it a bad thing to look backwards? <laughs> no. No. I'm have, pretty glad that I'm alive. <laughs> we have Anzac Day every year, which looks backwards to, well, um, all of those who have given their lives for the freedom that we enjoy in this country. Mm. We have Australia Day, which it looks backwards to the formation of Australia. We have a whole bunch of different public holidays that look backwards. Mm-hmm. And the Sabbath is no different from those other public holidays except that it comes every week because God is not stingy like our government is where our government gives us a public holiday once a year and God comes along and says, like, yeah, no, you need one a little bit more often than that. Here's one once a week. Yeah, well. And if you think about the turmoil that we find in our world today and if you think about the stress and the pressure that you are under today, think about the benefits that there is in the Sabbath. Mm. You know, and this is what I love about the Sabbath because it is God who comes along and says, look, I'm going to give you an excuse to switch off for a whole day every seven days. I'm going to give you a circuit breaker Mm. from the pressure of the world. This world will get you down. It will grind you. And if you find that the world is getting you down and it is absolutely grinding you, then why not use the excuse that God has given us where God has commanded us to remember the Sabbath day Mm. and take that break, take that, flick that switch for a whole day and just switch off from the world and focus on spending time with Jesus Christ. You know, you think about you think about the options that you have right there. The options are that you can just live stress twenty four seven every day of the week, or you can take that opportunity. And uh, it's not a matter of just checking out from the world and checking out from reality. It's a matter of checking into Jesus Christ for a whole day, undistracted. Mm. That's fantastic. Go along to a church somewhere, worship with some people, have a great time, have some fellowship, have some social connectedness, and do it all guilt-free. Mm. I don't know about you, but you know, if I just sort of uh, chill out too much during the week and, and, and just check out and do a whole lot of nothing, I feel guilty. And at the end of the day, I feel like, oh, Lord, you've accomplished nothing. This day mm. has been a waste. Yeah, wow. And so, yeah, don't be going down that way. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so the word remember 
Uh, it points us back to creation where God rested on the seventh day, but it also points us to the present. How does the word remember point us to the present? Oh, well, it it's it's a command, like yes. for the here and now. That's right. Like it's remember. It's something, it's something yeah. we actually do mm. and do on a regular basis. Uh, the Bible also uses the word to observe the Sabbath mm. day and to keep the Sabbath day. So mm. three things the Bible says about the Sabbath is to remember, observe, and keep. Mm. What, what, what do you think the word observe means? Um, I, I believe it. Like there's something there. You know, when when the word observe is used, uh, a relationship with understanding. Uh, that when we observe the the Sabbath day, it's not just an action in itself, but it's also related to its meaning. Uh, there, there isn't a dissonance between what we're doing and why we're doing it, but rather that they're all connected. And so that that observation is like, oh yeah, we 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 have the practice of 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 keeping the Sabbath, which is you know the the little act literal action of resting from work of you know, spending time with God, spending time with other people in a religious context. But then furthermore, it's like observe the Sabbath. Oh, well, well you know, well, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And, uh, you know, again, that's related to the word remember too, which is all about, oh, because God created, because of who God is and what he's done for us. That's why we're here, observing the Sabbath. What about keeping it? Um, What's your thoughts on keeping it? I, th- I think keeping it is, is, again, these are all like, you know, um, synonyms in a way like not super closely connected but with keeping it i see keep as more of a word referencing the the command itself like hey like keep do yep you know you know yep. it's it's a verb absolutely keep the sabbath yeah and you know when 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 the word keep is used it implies that this is something that belongs to you mm. because you keep things that belong to you mm. and so god has given you this gift and god is saying look don't give it away don't get rid of it Keep it. It's mm. a great thing. Hold on to this one. This one's going to be a blessing for you. Mm. Uh, so remember it, observe it, and keep it. Somebody texting through right here um, talking about the Sabbath in Ethiopia. That's interesting. The Sabbath in Ethiopia has been kept from the days of Nimrod, about 2140 BC. That is 700 years before the birth of Nimrod and the son of Cush. Very wow. Interesting. I would love to see the history on that. There's a historical reference here for it, which I'm going to look up as soon as I get a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what was interesting for you and I, Lawson, was when we were in uh, Ethiopia, what was it, two years ago now? Yeah. How that when you talk to the Orthodox Ethiopians, which is the major church in Ethiopia, uh, they have they, they worship on both days on the mm-hmm. weekend. They have first day. They have first Sabbath and second Sabbath, mm-hmm. and first Sabbath is the one that is more holy, uh, even though their worship service is typically held in the church on the second Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But first Sabbath is that's that's the that's the holy day. That's where you eat uh, fasting food, yeah. and that's a um, it is recognised as such, and that has been the case since. Uh, the Sabbath arrived in, or sorry, since Christianity arrived in Ethiopia in the third century. So we're talking modern day Ethiopia. Mm. And you have to understand that Ethiopia has encompassed a very large area. In the past, you had uh, Kushite Ethiopia and Sheban Ethiopia. Mm. So we're talking about Sheban Ethiopia. Of course, uh, the, the Christianity arrived in Kushite Ethiopia in the first century mm. with the Ethiopian eunuch, and then in Sheban Ethiopia in the third century with uh, some captured slaves who arrived there. 
and you can uh, go there and study the history of it. But, yeah, right through to this day, they still keep it. Mm. Yes. Interesting right, enough, gonna... I, I want to I throw another word into the mix, Lyle. Yes, um, actually, please do. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it would have been Blake Penland telling me this story when he travelled recently to Israel. Uh, he, he had an experience, I'm pretty sure it's him or it might be someone else, but someone that I know recently travelled to Israel and they were talking to people there and they were asking them the question, um, you know, like, what's the difference? Like, we keep the Sabbath. We're, we're Adventists. We keep this. We're Seventh-day Adventists keeping the Sabbath. And you're Jews keeping the Sabbath. And, you know, th- th- there's, there's no difference there. Like, they were trying to relate to these people. And the, the Jews were like, no, no, there's, there's one key difference. You guys keep the Sabbath. We celebrate the Sabbath. Yes, it's so true. Mm. It is so true. And, and I would say there is definitely like a scriptural, uh, precedent for that. Yes. Like, like, yes, we, and, and this is the thing is so when we talk about Ethiopia, they've taken the side of the Sabbath, the idea that it's holy and, and they do things that are related to its set aside and holiness, the idea of fasting and, and, and those kinds of things. Whereas, uh, Jews and historically as well, Jews have, yes, they, they come in, they prepare on the Sabbath. They don't work on the Sabbath. It's a holy day, but at the same time, uh, it's a day for great celebration, of great celebration and great community coming together, um, spending time with one another, but also, you know, it's a happy day. It's a, it's a fantastic day. And I feel like that is where the, you know, when the Sabbath is, can be such a joyous experience. And when it is, that's when I believe like, man, I sound like a bit of a self-help guru right now, but that's when your life really flourishes. It does. And when the Sabbath becomes really special and really meaningful and something that you look forward to, because it's something that you celebrate on and you can do that without breaking the Sabbath. Uh, Absolutely. You know, you prepare, you open the Sabbath, you spend time in God's word, and then you spend time with each other celebrating the things that God has done for you, the people that he's brought into your life, you know, how special they are to you, all these different things. There is so much to celebrate on the Sabbath. It's amazing. I I think one of the things that we have picked up on that uh, I I think the Jewish community could learn from us in relationship to Sabbath keeping, because, you know, we can certainly learn from them in relationship to celebrating. I think they can learn from us resting. Mm. I think we have uh, mastered that aspect of the Sabbath possibly better than the Jewish people because the Jewish people, I find, they work so hard. Yes, to tick all tick so many boxes on mm. the Sabbath day, and then they throw a party at the end. And they're like, oh, okay, move on, let's go. <laughs> and resting is a really important aspect of the Sabbath, particularly mm. in the society and the culture that we live in today. Mm. Okay, so we've got a couple of uh, so there's a correction come through um, from that historical note. And that was from the birth of Moses and not Nimrod. Mm. This is an interesting correction. It kind of makes sense because when you go back to the time of Nimrod, as far as secular history goes, you are dealing with a mythical era. Yes. As far as, you know, uh, and, and so historical records from that, that period are very, very slim. That is a period that predates writing. Mm. And so the records of that history were made a very long time after it took place. Mm. Now, of course, Moses lived during the era of writing, and so we have you know written records that go back to the time of Moses and have been preserved down to our day. I guess my question would be this, and that is that you know the Sabbath was obviously something that was you know in, in existence long before uh, the time of Moses. If they're keeping, particularly if they're keeping it down in Ethiopia, mm-hmm. this is something that you know was originated at creation and given to Adam and Eve, it was sanctified for a holy use back then. 
And so it would naturally flow that the Sabbath would have been widely kept in the ancient world at the time of Moses by the descendants of Noah that were living in different parts of the world. I think it would have been something that was not uncommon. Mm. Often we think, well, Abraham was the only one who was still worshipping God. No, there was a whole bunch of uh, people and areas in the world where people were still worshipping God um, right through that whole period. Um Okay, so we've got another text message coming through here. Bruce wanted to say, uh, a keep is a sheepfold. Interesting. That's, that's interesting. A place of safety. God wants to keep us under his wings. So to keep the Sabbath is to go into a place mm. of safety, mm. a safe place. We talk a lot about safe places these days, mm. and we make safe places for you know different portions of our community, mm-hmm. and uh, we create refuges. You might have a woman's refuge or something like that. You have all kinds of safe places, and God has come along and God's like, I'll give you a safe place. I'll give it to you once mm. a week. That interesting wordplay kind of leads my mind into this idea that we've kind of been seeing all throughout our study on covenant, which is that anything that we do, anything that God has commanded, God equally, <laughs> like, an like equally and overly matches. Uh, God is the one who does the work. And if God is calling us to keep his holy day, like, and, and, and again, this is just, you know, interesting wordplay, but I'm like, oh, it must be. Like, there should be some relationship there where God is keeping us, essentially. We keep his holy day, um, you know, as a blessing to our life uh, because he has commanded us to. And there's just this level of, oh, God is keeping us. He knows us. He's working in our lives. He's keeping us on the right path, on the right track. He's he's being with us. That's what you allow when you keep the Sabbath. You allow him to work in your life. Um, because where where else are you going to spend the time in amongst your busy schedule? Um, just truly giving all to him and having no other, uh, any nothing else but him. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 30. Leviticus 19 and verse 30. Let me just turn there real quick. Leviticus 19 and verse 30. The third book in the Bible. Let's go. Leviticus 19 verse 30. The Bible says this. Keep my Sabbath days of rest and show reverence toward my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Ha! Check that verse out right there. Uh, what's the connection between those two things? Um, it's kind of one of those random verses. Do this and do this. Keep mm. my Sabbaths, show reverence to my sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Why Why would God put those two things together in one verse? Sacrifice. Oh, okay. Mm. Sacrifice and salvation. That's... Keep That's going. what I would say. Okay, let, let, me, let me draw some parallels. Well, yep. let's start with sanctuary. Yes. Sanctuary is literally all about the sacrifice. Yes. It's the, it's the, the, in the sanctuary contains the symbols that point forward to Jesus' sacrifice that he would make for us. Uh, the Sabbath itself, you know, while, whilst it was given as creation before sacrifice was even made, but then we know from the Bible that, you know, uh, the sacrifice, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So there was always a plan to to save it. And as we've been talking about here about the covenant, 
co- the covenant has always existed inside and outside of the reality of sin, uh, because God has always promised to be our people, and if we would go into sin, that would require a sacrifice. Now, uh, there's like you know many much many I, I guess ethereal things that could be said of you know God has sacrificed to give us the Sabbath that it's you know God who does the work so that we can rest and all these different things. But even furthermore than that, it was Jesus who died on a crucifix on Friday and rested in the grave. <coughs> On Sabbath, Ooh, nice to be resurrected, you know, on Sunday morning. Yeah. So I, I really, I really believe that. There, yeah, there is a deep connection between Sabbath and Saturday. It is, it is again a reminder uh, of not only how God has created us, but what He has done for us further. And that's where we, you know, when you read Deuteronomy chapter five and you start to see those connections very clearly. It's one of those things that you know I sort of see when I'm coming through from yesterday's uh, Bible study when we were talking about the. Uh, connection between the Sabbath and sanctification mm. and how that the Sabbath is a sign of sanctification, a sign yeah, that God wow. is the only one who can make us holy. Mm. And the reason that it's a sign because, you know, and, and, this, and the sanctuary, of course, is all about how God makes us holy. Yeah, It's wow. an object lesson. This is how God makes us holy. The Sabbath is an object lesson of I have made this person holy. Mm. Because you don't keep the Sabbath because it's obvious. There's an obvious reason to keep it. It's it's not like it's different from any other day. It's not like it's going to you know necessarily hurt someone if you don't keep it. You know those kind of things. You know obviously thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal. There's very very obvious reasons for that. There's no obvious reason for the Sabbath, and that's why the Sabbath is the only one of the commandments that can actually reveal what's in your heart. Mm. It's impossible for it's impossible for thou shalt not kill to reveal what's in your heart. You can be a very very good atheist and stand by thou shalt not kill. In mm-hmm. fact, most atheists do live by the concept of thou shalt not kill because it's a really bad idea to go around killing people, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that it is common sense. It makes sense. Whereas when it comes to the issue of the Sabbath, because it's does it's not based on common sense. That's the one that reveals mm. where our heart is. Dude, that is such a profound thought. Like, we've already discussed this, but just that connection there, sanctuary and Sabbath, and that, that kind of run-on effect, how we understand, and we understand this from Ephesians chapter 2, you know, 8 to 10, this idea that for yes. by grace we have been saved through faith, not by works, lest anyone should boast. The Bible is, like, so yep. clear. For you are you created in Christ Jesus for good works. You haven't done anything, and that's exactly what the sanctuary represents. Mm-hmm. God has given everything for you. Yes. And then the Sabbath comes along, and as we read in verse 10, it's like, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The Sabbath, again, just in that connection between the Sabbath and sanctuary, is a symbol of God has done everything. And, you know, there is no way for the Sabbath to be put. Like, it can be. But the Sabbath in its true context is by no means a work that gives you the ability to be saved. But the effect of being saved in, in its in its entirety because the sabbath itself is a rest like this is what we this is what we were talking about how can something that is a rest be a work (laughs) how is a rest how is the day that god gives you off a work yes Sometimes people come to me like, oh, you're a Sabbath keeper. You mean you believe in salvation by works? And we're like, well, you know, that would be a stretch. You could uh, maybe say salvation by rest. <laughs> salvation by rest. 
perfection by rest. <laughs> Literally. Oh, man. I love it. This is actually, you know, I, I don't know where our Bible study's head is next week. I'm pretty sure we're coming off the topic of the Sabbath. We will find out next week. But this- somebody's already way ahead of us next week, and they were sending through some text messages because they've got the paper version of the Bible study, mm-hmm. and I've got the digital version. Mm-hmm. And the digital version only goes one week at a time. I'm like, ah, oh, you're way ahead of me. I can't even look it up. It's not fair. <laughs> But yeah, that's right. This has just been a I good week. We've been talking it. about the Sabbath, yeah. how amazing it is. And so I guess our take home message is um, keep it. Yeah, and this is one of the other things too that I'll bring out just as in, in our last little bit right here is we've got to remember that the Seventh-day Sabbath points back to creation. When we talked about the other Sabbaths that point forward, those are the ceremonial Sabbaths that are attached to a date rather mm. than to a day and happen annually rather than mm. weekly. And they all point forward to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So both those Sabbaths were given to us for a blessing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Question of the day. Thank you, Shell. Very timely. All right, question of the day is... Wasn't Hitler following the... Okay, this is a bit, this is a bit sarcastic too. Wasn't Hitler... No, but it's actually a very serious question. Mm, wasn't Hitler following the good morals of Joshua? Yes. And uh, the person who has answered it, we've had some interesting emails going backwards and forwards, mm. but I will address this uh, very briefly. God reads the mind. Mm-hmm. He is the only one who can understand what is in our heart. And as a result, he is the only one who can know whether or not a person has committed the unpardonable sin. And if a person has committed the unpardonable sin, then there is no opportunity for that person mm. to be saved. And, of course, that is complete and total rejection of the Holy Spirit to the point that the Holy Spirit can never have any impression on that person's heart again. And so when it comes to wars of aggression and particularly uh, genocide, ethnic cleansing, which you definitely find uh, Joshua was involved in, and people say, well, that was the same as what Adolf Hitler did. Why do we condemn Adolf Hitler and not Joshua? Joshua, the answer is that Joshua was working under the instruction that had come directly from God himself in a theocracy where God was the head of state. So Joshua was not the head of state. God was the head of state, and God was communicating directly with Joshua um, and also with the prophets and the priests and so forth that were alive at that particular time. And only when God is in direct communication uh As the head of state, can you have a situation such as this where God says, okay, I know this nation. I know this nation cannot be saved. I know there is nothing that can be done. In fact, I know that this nation will cause nothing but destruction on the planet. That's when God can say, yeah, go ahead and do this. Now, of course, the theocracy began with Moses and ended with Nebuchadnezzar's invasion and the Babylonian exile. There never has been and there never will be another uh, another theocracy ever again. And so wars of mm. aggression is simply something that we should not be involving ourselves in. Mm. Um, it's always a terrible idea. We've got many examples of that all over the place. But the key thought here is that only God can choose when somebody dies. The Bible says, Thou shalt not kill. And only God is the one who can actually make that decision. Now, God can carry out that decision in any number of different ways, but he's the only one who can make that choice because he's the only one who can decide when somebody's salvation is over. Now, the reasons why the ethnic cleansing and genocide, well, if you do a little bit of research into archaeology, then you'll probably find your answer and you will be sickened beyond imagination. 
by what they were dealing with at that particular time. But that's a story for another day. This- Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.